0: Of the footy game day squad show. I'm your host, Cal, and joining me today, I've got firm and I've got Tom. Fellas, how are we going?
1: Good, good. As you can see by Tom's shirt, we are both Boston Celtics fan and we got the broom out against the Brooklyn Nets today. So today's been a very good day. A very, very good day.
2: Yeah, man, I've just been sweeping around the house all day today. You know what it is, brother. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Let's talk
0: footy. Uh... Yeah, you guys, I'm sure you could talk basketball all day. The playoffs have been fantastic. I haven't put some green on for you guys today just because I know how excited you are with your Boston Celtics. But we are here because of Game Day Squad, which is, of course, Australia's first and currently only fantasy sport blockchain fantasy game. Launched with a footy game and a rugby league game. So if you are new to the channel, make sure you check out in the description below, gamedaysquad.com.au. Our platform is live, our packs are live. Go start building a team. We have competitions so, so close to being kicked off. So we can't wait to get into that. But we're here, as we always are, to do a review of round six. And it was a great, great round of footy. Obviously spread out with Anzac Day. But guys, as we always start off, we start off with right and wrong. Who wants to kick things off?
1: I'll kick us off here. And I've got two Collingwood players to talk about here, which is, you know, going to be iffy for the listeners. But last week I suggested that Brody Grundy is going to have his get right game, his best game of the year against Sam Draper um, and an injured midfield in, in Essendon. And he just went and did it. He had 33 hitouts and his best day um, on the ground as well. But he, as news has come through this morning, he's out for another, tw- he's out for 12 weeks. So yeah, uh, he's
0: finally listened for <laughs> us, and
1: then bang, twelve weeks out. He might have put the mocker on him, but um, it's good to see him play some good fantasy footy before he went down, to be honest. Um, and what I got wrong, and this takes us back into the preseason again, and where we did our our predictions blog, as these our season predictions blog, um, which you can go find on the Game Day Squad website there on the blogs page. I actually had Patrick Lipinski to be the league's best recruit in the off season, and. After a fire, like, he came out of the blocks firing in round one, but he's just gone a bit missing since. So, with the likes of Will Brody and Jordan Dawson as recruits for some other clubs, I can't see Lipinski getting that crown this year.
0: I love that. Yeah, That's fair going. call. Racing of trying to figure out who would be number one. That's maybe uh, mm. something to think about for, for another day. Yeah. But, yeah, Tom, who have you got winners and, uh, not winners and losers? We'll do that soon. Right and wrong.
2: Yeah, mate, let me get off with what's right and flick over to my little slide here. And this guy that is my got right, we haven't been talking about him. His name is Max King. And we have not been speaking about him enough in our shows. This guy is having a blinder of a year and it's just flying under the radar. Like, I'm not sure what's happening here, but 17 goals so far this season. Um, In his last game, he actually had a terrible outing, kicking his set shots. He had seven behinds. And some of these shots he thought, you know, he'd get quite easily, but... Despite all of this, he is currently only four goals away from tying Tommy Hawkins at the top with 20 for the season so far. He was winning the race heading into round five, and, you know, round six saw some big performances from the players underneath him, which have taken over him essentially. But, mate, he's having a dominant year, and expect a big response from Max King, and don't be surprised when he is back on top of the Coleman medal race. I mentioned him in the preseason, I said he was going to be a good player, and you just looked at the measurables for him, how tall he is. How, how dominant he can be and we're just seeing it out there and it's awesome to witness and what I got wrong Callum I know you were quite big on this and we're looking at the Western Bulldogs run over the next couple of weeks and we're like wow they can really win every single one of these games and start securing a top spot in at the AFL but guess what they dropped their first game against the Adelaide Crows and they looked out of sorts in that one um, they weren't getting the scoring shots that they normally get in games they're inside 50s were just off. They're normally a classy team through the middle and in the inside 50, and just none of that was happening for them during that day. Um, You know, there's definitely some adjustments that need to be made here or some fingers pulled out, but I'm not too worried, but I guess we both got that one wrong. I thought they are going to be red hot this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I said they'd win, what, five out of the next six, so... Yeah. It's still on. (laughs) That might be the
2: one. Who knows? But it wasn't a great start to that run, that's for sure.
0: Adelaide are I'm sure we'll touch on it. Adelaide's a very weird yeah. team, um, but it, the Dogs are also a weird team where they can play poorly and they still turn out some big fantasy numbers. Oh, so yeah. I couldn't care if the Dogs are losing, don't care about them, but if they're fantasy players on my team keep performing, um, then yeah, I don't, I don't mind. But I'll talk some more about that in a second because what I got right, um, another Collingwood player, so I'm sure they're not going to mind because they just obviously won Anzac Day yesterday, so they're not going to mind us piling on, but... I told you at the start of then the review show we did for Collingwood last year that Steel Sidebottom shouldn't be anywhere near your fantasy team this yeah. year. He was fourth for the Pies last year and is the third highest scoring forward with 100-plus points last year. And I just said it was an absolute sell-high opportunity. And this year, he have not had a single game that's churned out more than 100, and he's averaging about 70 GDS points, which is not what you want and definitely not what some, what you would have been wanting if you'd picked him in, hoping he'd have another career here. Yeah. So. Yeah, not the output from him, um, and I definitely got that one right. Oh, yeah. I got a diamond card of him, and I'd be struggling to field him right now. Oh, so that one we can see on the screen Mm. right there with the 1.4 multiplier. So even with that, he'd still be putting out about 110 or something like that. But yeah, even then, it's like, is he a top (laughs) six if he's pumping out those numbers? Something I got wrong, not so much wrong, but probably just hasn't been on my radar, and I just haven't given him the love that he deserves in 2022. Josh Dunkley. He's averaging 130 GDS points and is just having a career fantasy year. And this guy sits second in the average standings only behind his running mate, Bailey Smith. Now, I think the reason we don't talk about him as much is because he's not the star of like a Bont or a Betracker, but he's also not the young gun of like a Bailey Smith or a, a Brayshaw. But this guy, yeah, for, for me in particular, I need to wake up and actually start realizing how good this guy is because he's starting to deserve fantasy star treatment. So yeah, it's something I've been getting wrong lately.
2: Guys, before we get into studs and duds, leave a a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. We've got all all of our links in the description, we've got our Discord down there as well. You want to submit the packs that you're opening on Game Day Squad, and as you know, we've got Pack of the Week in our preview show every single week, and that is the best way to enter is right there. But let's get into it, studs and duds. Get your packs free packs, in. exactly right. Make sure you're getting involved. The only thing better than packs is free packs. <laughs> so, But studs and dubs, round six. I'm kicking it off here with game one, which was GWS versus the Saints. Uh, the Saints got up in this one in quite a close game. I don't think the score does it quite justice of how competitive it was out there. Mm-hmm. But my start of the game is Jack Higgins, and he was definitely the start of this one. If you're watching yeah. him, Wow, he was unbelievable. And after missing a sitter set shot in the first quarter, he has replied with going on an absolute tear this game. He scored 135 game day squad fantasy points. And you know, when you're just watching him, his crumbing work and his intelligence to back his midfield in to win stoppages and get free inside forward 50, leading to plenty of goals throughout the game. It was just... Very class from him. And in the dying moments of the game, he's handballed off to his teammate, running in on goal from 10 meters out, which would have been his fifth goal for the game. I'll go through his line here quickly. He had 13 kicks, five handballs, nine marks, three tackles, four goals, and three behinds. And, you know, as I mentioned, that handball was for his fifth. Very unselfish, very great team play, and a great team win from the Saints in that one. My dud of the game. Now, I was going to give this to Toby Green, and it's a bit rough. You know, first game back, didn't play so well. But there was a particular play in the game that I watched, and I went, this guy is getting my dud of the game. It doesn't matter. And it's Harry Himmelberg. He has stolen a set (laughs) shot in the fourth quarter from 20 meters out. He's attempted to snap a goal, and he has missed horrendously. It was plays (laughs) like this. Uh, Did you guys see this? Yeah, I did. Oh, man, I'm watching this, and you know it's just plays like that. On the other side, they're handballing off to runners on goal, giving up a goal, and then he's demanding the ball, trying to kick the ball off him. He didn't have a good day at all. He finished with seven kicks, two handballs, three marks, seven tackles, a goal, and two behinds. Very selfish play from him. Finished the day with 73 game-day squad fantasy points and got my dud of the game for that selfish play. Tom's off him. I'm yeah. so off him, man. Oh, when I was watching that, I was like, unbelievable.
0: He's marking him down. I know who my dad is. <laughs> 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 oh, love it. Love it. I have game two, which was that game we were speaking before about where the Crows got up against the Bulldogs. And yeah, I, I just want to say just quietly before I get into the stud of this game, how good is the like the dogs as a midfield unit in fantasy at the moment? Like An absolute fantasy joke. Fantasy-wise, obviously not getting the wins that they want, but fantasy-wise, just insane. Insane. But I did tell you I'd start giving some love to Dunkley, and it starts right here. 28 touches, 10 tackles, 7 marks, a goal. Best enough for a game-high 153 GDS points. So, yeah, well and truly head and shoulders above everyone else there. On the other side, though, I've given it to someone from the, the winning team, and that dad goes to Josh Rochelle. So he's fallen back to earth with a season-low 47 GDS points, and he only had 9 touches, no goals, and just had no impact in a game where, fortunately, the Crows didn't need much from him. But... You know, AFL Fantasy and AFL Supercoach coaches would have already used him up now as a cash cow. I think he's sort of hit his break-even marks there. So we'd love to hear. We're We've Game day squad, we're so close, but we're not up and running yet. But just what would people be doing with Josh Rochelle now? Would you be holding on for him, knowing that he's maybe tapped out and found it? But yeah, that he's my dud for the game and maybe potentially one to watch for a little bit from how he goes from here.
2: I'll tell you what, the Bulldogs were lucky here not to get blown out. 15 behinds from the Adelaide Crows in this one. Um, just weren't kicking the ball very well on their set shots and inside the forward 50. It was only a one-point game, as you guys can see there on screen, but it definitely could have been a lot worse.
0: Yeah, I didn't feel it. Cam, okay, you've got game
1: three. I do, and this one is close to your heart, Cal, because Port fans can rejoice after absolutely blowing out West Coast Eagles. 117-33, to 33, it never really looked like a game, and Port fans, you'll be relishing this.
0: Um, but my fantasy stud of Can the day. Can I quickly day. tell you? Yeah. I didn't watch the game live. Those other things, and I haven't watched the highlights. I'm um, I don't know if I want to. I'm still. This off. is how this off is off. how defeated how Callum win. is right, right now. He's business. so like, defeated. Oh, how to win. I was like, yeah, against the waffle team. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. If Todd Marshall's kicking five, then it's nah. It's not, <laughs> not. <laughs> Sorry, even. with continue. Tom Barras. No,
1: but all good. Um, Fantasy stud of the game is Dan Houston, who I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and he's having himself a quietly really good fantasy season, and it's just his kicking. He can accumulate so many kicks. He had another 25 against the West Coast Eagles here, running through the midfield and off the back flank as well. So, Dan Houston is my stud, and my dud, this one hurts, because it's a little bit close to home. I think in the off-season, I wrote about him maybe four or five different times, because I uh, was so high on him, but Zach Butters, who admittedly picked up a little bit of a of a hit in the first half and, and sorry in the first quarter, um, and was slow to recover, and then Rosie actually imposed himself onto the game in the midfield, which is one to watch. But Zach Butters was the fourth last fantasy scorer on Port Adelaide's team, and that includes the medical sub. So put that into perspective. He only ended up eleven wow. disposals,
2: especially yeah. with the form that he's been in. But Callum, you know, you put Kerm on the spot a couple of times. I want to put you on the spot here about a player for your team. Your thoughts now on Jeremy Finlayson. And it's funny because you haven't watched the highlights, so you're not going to know what he did in this game.
0: I I saw the stats. Um, Stat sheets.
2: And look, I said he was a high upside player for you. You weren't too big on him. Has anything changed? So you need to see a little bit more.
0: No, nothing's changed. When we <laughs> do it against a team that's actually competitive, then I'll change my <laughs> Just for the record, I will get around to watching the highlights. It's just that's the game day squad keeping me busy. I will sit down and watch it for our next <laughs> yeah. game. But yeah, I'm not gonna spin lace I'd be more excited with Rosie finally finding some. Yeah, players. Rosie That guy's got good. some serious talent and has just hasn't been the same since we lost in the prelim, so. Rosie was really good. For him.
1: But 162 for Houston, 43 for Butters, game day squad points. Tom, what do you got in the next game?
2: Yes, mate. I got the Fremantle Dockers versus the Carlton Blues, who the Dockers got up in this one, 97 to 62. I was quite stunned. I don't know if you guys were stunned. Um, I thought the Carlton Blues had them all day. But my start of this game, who else other than Patrick Cripps? Um, We're going to keep talking about him all year. He's going to keep coming up in this segment. Um, You know, the Blues lost, but it definitely wasn't on Cripps. Uh, He finished with a line of 10 kicks, 22 handballs, Four marks, five tackles, three goals, and a behind for 142 game day scored fantasy points. And we know how much better kicking scores rather than handballs. So if he converted a couple of more of those handballs into kicks, that score would have been really, really nasty on the day. Um, fantastic game from the skipper again in this one. What and I my done of the just, game.
0: Just quickly, what I want to say, I think this is sort of proof that Paddy Cripps from a few years ago when he won his MVP is back. Because the last couple of years, if he didn't play well, Carlton didn't win. And if he played well, Carlton won. But here he is. He's having a good game regardless of what's going on around him, just like he did a few years ago. So, yeah, he's just going to keep operating at that high level, which as a fantasy fan, you just know that average is going to be up there all the time. So, yeah, love to see it. Fine yeah, he's the the he's score a, sheet, score. the
2: definition of set and forget in your lineup right now. There's no reason to move him. But my dud of the game, with 28 game day scored fantasy points, is Harry Mackay, um, which is quite surprising. He's been having a good year, but that's not a good game for, by his standards. And with only five of Carlton's nine goals coming from the forwards in this game, it was very disappointing from the whole forward pack uh, for the Blues He finished with a line of three kicks, zero handballs, and get ready for this one. Zero marks, one tackle, one goal, and a behind. Really tough day out for Harry in this one. Uh, Definitely expect him to bounce back from this, though.
0: Yeah, shocker. Shocker for him. Speaking of shockers, I had game five, which was North beaten by the Cats and just quietly North are once again, the most boring game on the calendar ever. <laughs> the they were exciting. For oh no. I'm over Horn Francis and I'm over watching North. You're uh, going uh, there already. All right. Yeah, My stud, easy one for this one, guys. He kicks seven goals and that's Jeremy Cameron. Game high, 150 GDS points, which for a forward is just a massive, massive day. 16 touches, nine marks as well. So it wasn't just all from the goal square, but... Yeah, it just summed up how easy things were for the Cats um, against the against the Kangaroos. And I don't like saying this, but Todd Goldstein, dud, and officially not fantasy-relevant for up. the rest of time. He's never going to be fantasy-relevant again. 52 GDS points was one of his lowest scores on the ground, and was one of the lowest on the ground. And he had 90% of the time on ground as well. So for being on it that much and only getting one mark and three kicks it's just the games past him so i loved him for a long time but i'm sorry goldie this might be our final goodbye i agree
1: with Kerm. he's out Get Give him out. Out.
0: we just remove him from game desk or just don't let anyone have him from here. <laughs> yeah. just, we'll just save everyone from it exactly
1: yeah. i'll take us into the Q clash here which was as a suns Ooh. fan we all know pilot on um, we got beaten by big brother again 132 to 80. Brisbane Lions taking this one out, but I've given the stud to a Suns player. I
0: was just going to say before we get into that, we can't gloss over it. So as everyone (laughs) knows, we do the order. So every like whatever the fixture rolls in, we get I get games sort of two, five, and seven. Tom one, three, and seven, or whatever the order is doesn't matter. But we have the same fixture, and sometimes it falls where you get your own team. And if that happens, I want to hear Kerm the Suns very, very, very disappointing out for like out. what am I trying to say? Very disappointing um, output because they just didn't fire a punch all day.
1: Yeah, from the get-go it was over. Um, they were the class team. We looked like we shot ourselves in the foot really early on in the, in the first quarter with some just basic skill errors, um, which you just can't do against a team like the Brisbane Lions who absolutely obliterated us way early on. The likes of Zach Bailey, Lockie Neal, McCluggage, Jared Lyons, who's stiff not to be a stud here. Mm. Um, they were just too good. And they have been too good for as many key clashes as there has been, to be honest, Is I think 2011. Um, but yeah, yeah. not funny. always fun playing the, the Lions as a Suns fan.
0: No, and like I was talking to a few Lions fans around and I felt really bad. I've, I've got this soft spot for the, the Suns now that I actually know a Suns fan. And they're like, oh, but you know, <laughs> they weren't expected to win. But I think the thing with the Suns, they just never win a game they shouldn't. It's never that sort of out yeah. of the blue, like, you know not saying that they should be beating the Lions but just a bit of a surprise every now and again just to show you're on the right track but, come on uh, mate don't, don't kick a man well, while he's down it just being couldn't hurt it could buy some dark clouds again they're coming Clark They're coming <laughs> um, but yeah sorry get into your studs I don't, don't want to start tearing you up here no that's okay I moon.
1: like talking about Noah Anderson um, and I've made him my stud sort of force force for. Mm forcefully um, because Lions did deserve to be the stud here but Noah Anderson is a bright spot for us this year in fantasy where Took Miller's been a little bit down Jared Witz has been in and out um, Matty Raul hasn't hit the same ceiling as he did when he first made his debut so Noah Anderson's been good. 33 disposals 22 kicks, 11 handballs 6 marks and 4 tackles to go with it. He had a big day and he had 140 GDS points um, and my stud actually goes to Dane Zorko um, who's been playing absolutely all over the shop. You can't really nail him down into a position right now. He's in back, forward, and in the mid. Um, but against the Suns here, he only must- mustered up 13 disposals, 10 kicks, 3 handballs, 2 marks, and 5 tackles, which is not going to really do you any good in fantasy. Only 64 GDS points. So he was quiet when uh, the Lions were having a
0: big day. Yeah, good ones, good ones. Yeah, let yeah, me go Dean
2: straight in to the next game here. Game 7, Tigers versus the Demons. <laughs> Demons got up in this one, 76-54. to 54. My start of the game is going to Clayton Oliver. Um, he must have had leather poisoning after this one because, my goodness, could he find the footy? 20 kicks, 21 handballs. That's 41 disposals, guys. Unbelievable stats there already. Four marks, three tackles, and a single behind to go with this monster outing. Demons are still the best team in the comp, and Oliver is a huge part of their success. Finishing the game with 150-game-day squad, Fantasy points that has stud ridden all over it. All over it. My dud of the game, though, goes to Tom Lynch. and Despite kicking two goals in this game, um, I understand, look, he has a deep forward role. They don't really get the same output as the high forwards and the forwards that are getting a lot more ball usage up the ground. But um, it's just hurting his fantasy production sitting in the goal square and not doing too much else other than taking marks and kicking goals. He's not being able to find the footy. He had four kicks, two handballs, one mark one tackle and of course the two goals that i mentioned for 41 game day squad fantasy points in this one uh just not good enough and for a great name like tom lynch you know the skill that he has how good he can be we've seen it before it's not like we haven't seen it um yeah not a good outing he's got my dud for the game
1: yeah he's horrible he's a certified dud
0: (laughs) (laughs) can't win find your wins where you can No, I like that. I like that. And he's been... Jeez, we're putting him on the the hot seat a fair bit this year. We're putting him on the blower because he hasn't been very good Tom Lynch, has he? Game eight, Hawks versus the Swans. Really interesting game to watch, but straight into the dud, there's only one answer here, and that is Callum Mills, who had himself a round high... Stud, you mean. Don't say dud for for Callum Mills. Stud, stud, stud. stud. The stud of the round. 193 GDS points. He had 23 kicks, 14 handballs, 11 marks, six frees, four. Which was wild, and of course, a beauty of a goal. So this was actually the single highest positive AFL rating score for the season so far. So AFLratings.com, they give their they've got their own system for that. It eclipsed the second highest one, which was previously Lockie Neal against Essendon from earlier in the year. So the most elite performance, both from a GDS fantasy output and also from AFL rating pointing for the the round and for quite some time. So massive stud. Dud, though, the curious case of Wingard continues because this guy watching him, he looked electric, but he just doesn't find enough of the footy. 76 points isn't the worst score, but for someone who you're expecting to be in that sort of top six of forwards again, he just hasn't been there and has been nowhere near to his 2021 form. Like I said, every time he found touch the ball, it was electric, setting up goals, looked dangerous. There was one time you talked about Himmelberg stealing the goal. Wingard was running it, had a shit shot very close, 40-degree angle, pretty close. left He's a left he was on the right side for it. And then he's trying to kick it back into the middle and the guys ended up missing the set shot. And I'm like, wing mate, just kick it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He, I want him to be a little bit more selfish in those situations because I do want him having big fantasy outputs. But once again, he just hasn't been the player that I thought he was going to be.
2: Yeah, it's just owning that moment. Hey, if you have the set shot, uh, it's your responsibility to go back and kick that I, I agree with you there. There's no reason to give that off, and especially when he can open up the angle onto his favourite foot and we've seen hundreds of goals from him. Come on, mate. Yeah. You can bury that. That's all day for you.
0: And final game. Okay, the Anzac
1: Day clash. Essendon the versus Collingwood. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And a little peek behind the uh, Iron Curtain. When in, in the group chat, we actually were discussing how many disposals Darcy Parrish was going to have after halftime when he was sitting on 30. I thought he was going to get a monster monster score, but he actually went off injured for a little bit um, in the third quarter. But he was still good enough to be my stud with 44 disposals, 13 of those being kicks, but 31 being handballs. And any danger of a couple of those being kicks would have been yeah. handy, but... Yeah, he was just everywhere. In the first half specifically, like, you couldn't go... 30 seconds of, on, on a call without hearing Parrish's name. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely everywhere. Um, but my dud is someone I spoke about earlier on in the pod. It was Patrick Lipinski, who, as I said, since round one, hasn't been hitting the stride that we thought he was going to kick on and be that player that was going to step into that role of being Pendlebury, steel side bottom, who are playing outside of the midfield now. But he had 18 touches, 11 handballs, 7 kicks, only one mark and only four tackles, which isn't really good recipe and only 67 GDS points, so unfortunately, Paddy Lipinski is my dud.
0: Alrighty guys, our last couple of segments here, first I'm going to show you the current rolling all GDS team, which of course is a recap of the highest scoring players. That we have across and that would make our all australian team if you would for but our gds version here now we started last week so jump back if you didn't see that show in the last review where we talk a little bit more about it so we're just going to talk about the changes that come in and out in defense we saw sicily out and witherden is in after us having a big wraps on him in the last week uh push Cripps to the bench forward line a bit of movement as well De goey coming in with danaher jumping out and butters falling to the bench so Tex Walker is threatening. He has the fourth highest average, but my little criteria is you have to have played more than half the games, and he has not done that. But he is threatening with his average. In the midfield, only one change. We had Smith in and Neil out. Smith obviously hadn't been in it because of that rule. We had about the amount of games played. And in the rucks, no changes with Tim English holding out Maxie Gorn. So, yeah, what do you guys think of those changes that are coming in or out? Any surprises there?
1: Crazy English can hold Gorn out with a with a game less played. Mm. That's interesting
2: Yeah and look at this midfield It's just the Western Bulldogs midfield And then Treloar up forward mate They are just representing this year We spoke about how good they are in terms of fantasy And you can see it there Four players all starting Meaning they're top six If you're their forwards, backs and mids And obviously the best Ruckman in the comp right now They are just stepping up Showing up every single game It's great to see
0: it's great and something we're definitely gonna be keeping an eye on as course because we're gonna be start building out sorry, we're gonna start building our squads out for Game Day Squad, which is like we said, so so close for competition starting and then we're gonna be able to start talking to you about our teams and what we're planning to do. But guys, we're gonna finish this up here today with buy, sell and hold. Kerm, I'll kick it straight to you and you can tell us what you're doing.
1: Let's do it. Uh, this is a bit of a cop out, but I'm telling everyone to buy it, Nick Dacos. Um, and we've spoken a lot about the Josh Wards of the fantasy world, the Jason or franciss of the fantasy world, but Nick Dacos on this pod specifically has sort of gone a little bit under the radar, because I guess we just assume that everyone knows how good he is, but just as a public service announcement, if you can go buy jo- Nick Dacos, go and do it. Um, I'm selling one of my own, I'm selling Jared Witz, who's been a star for the Suns when we needed him most, but... He's 29 now and still playing good footy, but with only one rock spot available in GDS Fantasy and some good young talent coming through with Mabia Chol when he goes through there. And Mac Andrew, who looks like he's going to be making his debut soon, I'll be looking elsewhere. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit of a shame to put one of your own on the cell, but what are you going to do? Um, And my hold is Zach Butters, and you can see there on your your screen, just forget that the last game ever happened and, and move
0: on, just push it under the rug. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, what have you gone with?
2: Yeah, mate. Look, my buy is Toby Green. And if you think last game is going to be a representation of the season that he's about to have in terms of fantasy then think again. And if anyone is out there thinking that, then you've got to capitalize on their silly decision and go pick up Toby Green. He's going to be a good AFL fantasy player. He proved it last year. Then GWS really need him to be a good AFL fantasy player. They need him to get more involved. They haven't been looking like the same team as years prior. So having him back in the lineup is going to be really big for them. He's, of course, the leader of the team. And he's my buy right now. And...
0: Three captains.
2: Oh, Yes. And look at this, we've been Ripping into this guy a bit, but Jack Siebel. And my question of last round during our round six preview show was, will Zebel be heading back to be a defender for his team with Aaron Hall being out? The answer to that is no, guys. And the fantasy production in the forward line is nowhere near as good as what it was when he was a defender. So it is now time to sell Jack Siebel. This was sort of the week, a really defining moment in terms of his fantasy season. And it's just gone the other way, unfortunately. They're going to keep him up forward. Not sure about that decision, but hey, we move on. We put our fantasy caps on. That's what we do. And hold is Cam Rayner. He's an X-Factor player for me, and if you've been holding on to him for this long, then I see no reason to be dropping a player like Cam Rayner now. Um, He really hasn't had that game yet where he's started to explode or erupt in terms of fantasy production. But as the season goes on, the Brisbane Lions are a great team. He's an X-Factor player, and I can see his role and production stepping up Uh, later on in the year so hold on to him because he could be a game changer for your team later on
0: great hold yeah great hold great hold we're running out of time so i will quickly run through my belt by sell and hold i'll try and do it with a little bit of pace here by tex walker don't love the guy but he's come back with three plus 100 sorry three straight 100 plus gds games um and is looking like he's got the giants and blues next couple weeks so i could see him getting another couple of big goals he did drop off last year so yeah wait and see but for me don't wait and see go buy him because yeah you will benefit from it jack martin is my sell kerm you knew i was the one of the last people on martin island but i can't live here anymore i've given up he hasn't got worse fossy hasn't made him better so i'm off sell <laughs> sell you um, jack your jack, uh, your jack um, Martins because it's over the dream is over get him out and a hold Nick Vlosten so he missed the first few rounds he's only played the last couple but I said he's been absolutely balling two plus a hundred games um, even against the demons last week 150 GDS points probably unlucky to miss out and start of the week here but hey He's been around for, this is the 11th season now, and this is his highest average so far, but only, like I said, two games. So has he figured it out, or is this actually just a high spot that will drop down? So my recommendation is don't jump on it yet. Hold and wait and see. But guys, that's going to wrap us up here again for another episode of the Footy Game Day Squad Show. Like Tom said, if you have made it this far, make sure you are giving us a like and subscribe. Hit us up in the comments. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about it. And of course, check us out on Discord. We'd love to get involved and have a chat to you about our team. So... Until next time, guys, stay game game day ready.